Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Provoke, the podcast that takes a provocative look at advertising as a whole. I'm your host, Brian Wilder, and we have Kelsey Shalou in the studio, as always. Hello. Um, and this is part two yeah. of our, our our highly anticipated series. No pun intended, <laughs> but completely intended. <laughs> so if you uh, don't remember uh, a couple episodes ago, we started part one of Weedvertising yeah. and the Politics of Pot. Yes. Um, we kind of talked about a lot of the advertising implications behind the, the upsurge, the insurgence of medicinal marijuana as it pertains to Florida. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, just just a lot of talk and shop and and, and really kind of giving a, a, a just a surface level perspective of what it could mean for our industry. Um, so in the spirit of giving you the most thorough, the most robust content possible, we had to bring a, an authoritative voice into the fold to kind of give us more insight on the legislative side and le- legislative side of things, as well as just kind of just the overall process behind acquiring a me- medical marijuana card to knowing what this, you know, what qualifying conditions uh, qualify you to be able to get uh, medicinal marijuana. Um so we brought Rico Cami. He is a cannabis consultant for the uh, Annex Healthcare. It's a medicinal, it's a med- medical marijuana clinic based near Orlando, Florida. And he really just, you know, took some time and really kind of gave us the the, the 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 rundown on what the process is like. And um, yeah, I, did, I can't wait for you guys to hear it. So uh, without further ado, here it is. So Rico, um, just kind of diving into the, 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 I guess the surface level ideation of medicinal marijuana and what it means to a lot of people here in the state. If you can talk about some of the the biggest misconceptions about medical marijuana usage that you've come across in your experience. Okay, So is there a... that's just one of the uh, biggest mis- uh, misconceptions and uh, questions that I get the most. Um, another one is uh, most patients don't realize that uh, even though we have a medical cannabis program, it's not like uh, Colorado or California or even Michigan yet in the sense that patients cannot grow uh, for themselves. They can only get products dispensed uh, solely from that licensed dispensary. Okay. And do... So say I'm a... I'm, I'm a provider in Florida. Are there specific grow houses and, and, and property in Florida? That's the only place you can get it from if you're operating in Florida? Uh, yes. Uh, there are several um, licensed dispensaries that are already opened up here in Florida, um, all over the state, in fact. Um, uh, although there are already seven coming into this new uh, legislation that was passed, uh-huh. they just awarded five more new licenses. So now it's just jumped from seven to 12. And they anticipate it to be um, approximately 17 or 18 dispensaries by the end of next year. Wow. Okay. So it's safe to say that the the industry is proliferating quite nicely in the state. Oh, yes. Just here at the Annex Healthcare, we've seen um, from entering our patients weekly that the database jumps from anywhere from uh, 10 to 11,000 patients weekly. Wow. Wow. That's, That's amazing. 
Um, oh, yeah. So, so the registry began, um, I'm sorry, uh, the registry in, I believe, uh, March or, uh, or uh, May, I believe it was uh, only 6,000 or 7,000 patients. Now the registry is already up to close to 60,000. So there's definitely high demand. Definitely, by far. Um, it's going uh, much quicker than anyone anticipated, including the state. They've actually had to hire on more staff down at the Department of Health just to take on the applications and phone calls. Oh, okay. Well, so I wanted to go back really quick and 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 talk about the the smoking ban a little bit more. Do you are are there any particular reasons as to why smoking, like the the act of smoking, is be is looked down upon so much? Um, I I wouldn't say there's a particular reason other than the fact that most legislators are one are um, uneducated when it comes to medical cannabis, and two, uh, it's just a, a stigma thing that's attached to the smoking. Um, okay. Funny enough, when asked. In uh, a lot of these uh, meetings they were holding, as far as why they banned the uh, cannabis and only allowed vaping, most of our representatives couldn't even answer or even tell you the difference. Um, I will say, although vaping is about 60 to 70 percent less carcinogen, um, they've already released studies showing that smoking cannabis does not lead to any form of cancer, including throat, heart, uh, um, brain cancer, as well as uh, some of the other common cancers associated with smoking. Mm-hmm. And so, I guess to kind of piggyback off of that, like, have you seen any? I mean, obviously, outside of what Annex Healthcare does, have you seen any other initiatives to kind of help educate or, or re-educate the, the 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 general population on the benefits? Now, there are several organizations right now that are making it their uh, primary goal to educate. Um, mm-hmm. For instance, you got the Florida Cannabis Coalition. You have Medical Marijuana for Minorities, and those are just some of the. Um, more uh, bigger names of organizations in this state. But um, as far as clinics, I can't say that um, any other clinic is really pushing to knock down that stigma. Um, Here at the Annex Healthcare, that's one of our bigger portions that we try to promote to our clients is not only we provide recommendation, but the biggest portion of it all is that we provide a sufficient amount of uh, cannabis education as far as what to expect, products available at the dispensary, Mm -hmm. strain selection, things of that such. Okay. So, Rico, speaking on um, some of the different coalitions and organizations that you're talking, for those people that are in the dark, can you kind of expand on where Florida is standing right now on the subject of um, legislative and kind of... Well, I will say, for people that um, haven't been keeping up, that Florida is definitely considered a pro-marijuana state. Um, When we voted on this last year... Um, we had, uh, technically speaking, the highest percentage of approval rating um, ever uh, produced as far as uh, voting on medical cannabis. We had an overwhelming 71 point, I believe, 4 or 5%, which is the highest that um, any of the states seen so far. Um, but as far as uh, the tone being spoken right now, it's kind of um, in the air still. Legislators, uh, for the vast majority of them, they are kind of uh, anti-marijuana or at least very skeptical um, because of the simple opiate uh, epidemic that we're facing. So they don't want to go down that same road. Do you think that legalization will finally end what we see a lot of in the black market and a lot of that stigma? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Most patients that come in, funny enough, are already uh, using uh, recreationally, and they just want to not only stop using products off the street because the problem behind that is, one, they don't know what they're getting. They don't know if it's... Uh, uh, good product as far as the quality, if it's 
um, got bad uh, chemicals used to grow it. So that's one of the main reasons why they don't want to use uh, cannabis from the black market. Um, when stepping into the medical cannabis uh, uh, realm, there's little guessing needed to be done because the dispensaries, they pretty much get it down to a milligram dose where that we could um, lay out a pretty detailed guideline as far as how patients should utilize or use their medicine. Could you speak a little bit on what type of people that Annex sees, what type of people are coming in to either, you know, get, um, maybe are seeking prescriptions, but are also maybe just interested that don't have any um, experience and finally have a reliable resource to come in and, and get some answers? Oh, yeah, sure. So at the Annex Healthcare, we qualify for all of the qualifying conditions that are listed as far as uh, cancer, epilepsy, uh, we have Parkinson patients, patients with Crohn's disease, or um, uh, a lot of our patients, uh, for the uh, most part, are dealing with uh, chronic pain syndrome or have PTSD, which is one of the two biggest conditions that uh, are, are people are seeking to use medical cannabis. But what, what a lot of people don't realize is, although there are 12 um, qualifying conditions, there is a clause in the law where basically anything of the same class or similar to those conditions will also uh, qualify. For instance, PTSD is a qualifying condition, but we all know anxiety disorders and depression to be of the same kind of class, so naturally we can qualify patients for those conditions as well. Um, another thing people don't realize is a qualifying uh, condition is uh, neuropathic pain. Um, now, chronic pain syndrome, uh, naturally, uh, a lot of times it's coming from people having uh, more so spinal injuries or herniations or bulges, but a lot of times with those kind of conditions, you have uh, neuropathy or, or uh, numbness and tingling or even burning associated with a lot of those conditions. So people don't realize, but we also qualify for uh, neuropathic or, ne- or neuropathy uh, conditions as well. Sure. So you kind of commented on this before too, but taking everything that you just said, are the majority of patients coming in people that have um, experience with cannabis from um, recreational use, or are a lot of people coming in and looking to be kind of enlightened for the first time that they legally can? I would say the vast majority of patients uh, do have some sort of experience with marijuana, um, and most of them do use recreation. So if I had to give a number, I would say 70% of our patients uh, do have experience, and about 30% are, are kind of like novelists or have very little experience with uh, cannabis. So uh, kind of backtracking a little bit just to kind of really drive home the idea of the the power behind legalization. Um, Where do you see the legalization of marijuana going, especially when it comes to um, uh, medical research? Because that's the one thing that tends to back a lot of the validity of the pharmaceuticals that people use today outside of cannabis. So I, I think my fear is if it gets to a point where medicinal marijuana is legalized statewide or, or countrywide, but the medical research doesn't hasn't really caught up with it to kind of validate its beneficial properties. Like where like where how do you reconcile the two? Well, what's interesting about that, and I'm glad you asked the question, um, there is so much research out there, but the problem is if we don't have uh, what they consider double blind hardcore uh, head-to-head studies and mm-hmm. they discount any um, evidence as far as being official research. So there are plenty of uh, clinical trials, um, studies, uh, 
um, research that's done on cannabis. There's plenty of information out there. Um, in fact, um, at this moment, on a federal level, they just got, a, a, I believe, approval to start their um, part two of their clinical trials. Okay. Um, I believe that was the FDA. So there are a lot of things in the work. Um, oh. But what's interesting, though, even though a lot of people will discredit or act like they don't know, mm-hmm. uh, cannabis has been used well for over 6,000 years. And there's plenty of um, history and, and uh, evidence that, that comes across not only as far as uh, the Bible. Uh, some people, it's just simply in the, their culture or history if you look back far enough. And, and as well, if people don't want to hold on to that, they could just simply look at the government. The mm-hmm. government has a patent on THC and CBD. And in that patent, it actually states uh, that they found evidence showing that THC is effective for certain conditions and CBD are effective for certain conditions. Huh. So, uh, so I feel like a lot of the legislation is definitely moving quicker because of the research that's coming out. That's really giving us more footing or uh, background to fall back on in the sense that most people think, oh, it's just recreational. No one really knows and all this kind of stuff. But really, there's little guessing to have to be done now. There's so much research available. But the problem is we haven't had um, uh, a big enough study on a federal level to be considered official um, evidence. Absolutely. Now, do you, do you, in your experience, have you gone through any kind of pushback specifically with places like Big Pharma or like even Big Tobacco? No, I haven't directly okay. um, seen any pushback, but I've definitely heard on more so the legislative slide that uh, Big Pharma and Big Tobacco have definitely had their hands in on a lot of things. Uh, they've hired numerous lobbyists to try to uh, make a lot of these uh, bans and uh, proposals. Mm-hmm. Originally, there were about five bills that we had to choose from um, six months ago, and luckily they chose the better one of all the bills. Um, but I could just tell by simply by the way it was written that Big Pharma and Big Tobacco definitely had their hands in the, in the ways of making that because a lot of the propaganda, or, um, or I like to call it propaganda because that's what it is, a lot of the propaganda they used was simple propaganda that already been used by Big Pharma years ago. Uh, for instance, uh, they're saying that all the candy is going to get to the kids and stuff mm-hmm. of that nature. Just hogwash, you know. <laughs> um, so I know that you were just talking about things expanding as far as legalization of cannabis goes. Um, but with this kind of coming of underway, um, the hemp, which is you know part of the cannabis plant, that's not able to be grown in the U.S. or um, used for textiles or as a sustainable resource for plastic bags or clothing or whatever it might be. So based on what you know and how you see cannabis, um, you know, medicinal marijuana expanding, do you think that the government and, um, you know, businesses and people that are, you know, making laws will be able to um, expand it beyond just, you know, medicinal and recreational marijuana and open it up to... Oh, yeah, definitely they'll be able to expand and have their hands in the cannabis industry. The reason why hemp is so popular, not only in the medicinal aspect, but uh, in the industrial, is simply because hemp plants have 0.003% of THC. So basically, in saying that, they can extract the CBD oil from hemp plants or hemp seeds and sell that legally in all 50 states. I didn't know that hemp could be grown in the U.S. I thought it had to be grown outside of the U.S. and then sourced here. Oh, no. You have states that are um, that, that grow uh, hemp, 
and um, extract in, in this uh, U.S. There are very few, but they're um, actually trying to get some laws or regulations for uh, industrial hemp in this state as well. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. I want to say it's Michigan that they grow hemp in, or is it Vermont? One of those states they are growing hemp in. Good yeah. to know. <laughs> the more you know. But yeah, even here in Florida, you can go in most health food stores or GNC and find CBD oil on the shelf that comes from hemp extract. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I, had, I, I honestly had no idea. Um, but I kind of want to switch gears a little bit and talk about some current legislation. Um, uh, as you probably know, the advocacy group Florid- Floridians for Freedom have kind of helped spearhead the Florida Recreational Marijuana Amendment in 1520. Uh, it's currently in signature gathering phase, from what I know. Um, yeah. And so it would, it was a me- it's a measure that would essentially recreationalize marijuana in the state of Florida. Yes, for adult use. Um, they for will adult be regulated use. Mm-hmm. in the same aspect of as alcohol. So basically, twenty one year um, twenty one year olds and up will basically have access to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have heard of this. Um, uh, bill that they're trying to gather signatures from. I thought they were trying to have it on uh, the voting, uh, what do you call it, voting list for next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I believe they needed two hundred fifty thousand signatures. I believe so. Yep. But they're um, they're getting there slowly but surely. I'm not sure the exact name of the organization, but I do know uh, Michael Minority, uh, Minority, the lawyer. He's a big time. Um, a cannabis advocate, and he's also linked with uh, those organizations, Florida Cannabis Coalition and mm-hmm. Minorities for uh, Medical Marijuana. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it sounds like it's a, it's almost like a joint, uh, a joint effort between a couple of uh, advocacy groups. Oh yeah, big time. Okay. Um, so then, I, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Uh, so I, I, I was gonna say. So then, to kind of play devil's advocate really quickly. What could that mean for the medicinal marijuana portion of the industry? Because it almost seems as if you legalize it 21 and up, it, it it's almost like skipping ahead. So it's well, like... In essence, I think um, it does uh, have an effect for the medical aspect of cannabis by far. You can't say it's not going to have an effect. Mm-hmm. But essentially, the patients that are... Most patients that are looking to utilize for medicinal purposes they're still going to want to go to that dispensary because the products in a recreational dispensary and a medical dispensary mm-hmm. are two different things. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I can see Even that. Even in other states like Colorado or California, you notice they still have medical dispensaries where you can only get dispensed if you have a medical card, and then you have the recreational dispensaries. Most people kind of lean towards the quality that's in a lot of the medical dispensaries. Okay. So I guess what what what's kind of like a boilerplate slogan that you could kind of convey to people who are kind of in the dark, who are on the fence between between choosing between medicinal marijuana or just full fledged legalized marijuana, and when it comes to trying to take care of certain medical issues. Well, I would say this: it really depends on what you're trying to use for. Um, if you're actually trying to utilize to promote your health, mm-hmm. and actually get something from it as far as medicinal benefits, but of course you would want to go to the medical dispensary simply because they care more so about not only what's coming out at the back end, but what's being put into the product or the plant before the product is actually being extracted. So I think uh, medical dispensaries are going to have a higher quality and a much more safer um, product compared 
what you would get out of recreational uh, dispensaries simply because recreational dispensaries, they just care about the recreational parts of it. Mm-hmm. The smell, the, the taste, and how high you could get from it. And so for for the for the medicinal side, obviously, it's more of a a sense of actual like patient care. Yeah, healing health. Yes, exactly. Um, I think a person would not only uh, tell the difference in the product, but they would tell the difference in the kind of service they would get in the mm-hmm. dispensary. You walk into a medical dispensary, typically a patient will have questions pertaining to their condition. Mm-hmm. You walk into a, a recreational dispensary, it's not that they won't know, but I would say the quality of service would. Uh, excuse me, quality of service would be like night and day. Excellent. That that makes perfect sense. Now, um, I wanted to go ahead and add this in here. You were asking me earlier about uh, the legislation um, as far as uh, the recreational side, but even at this moment, there is a current uh, suit against the state against that uh, smoking ban that was placed when the uh, bill was passed. Mm -hmm. And that uh, suit is actually being filed by the biggest lawyer in our state, uh, Morgan and Morgan. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And he had been promising beforehand that he would sue the state if they did not change the bill, and he followed through with that suit and still um, currently being held. Um, and we all anticipate him to win that because it's a no-brainer. They basically asked Floridians to vote on this, and after voting, they're trying to put their hand and change the meaning of what we intended to vote for, and that's just not right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, there, there's still a lot that that seems to be to be in flux when it comes to the legislation, but there, there seems to be a lot of progress too. So. Oh yeah, it's a lot of progress. For instance, um, I've had my card for a while, my medical card. Okay. And I was in the registry when it was still under the old bill, where basically you had to see the doctor every month and a half or every forty-five days, mm-hmm. and you had to wait 90 days and having a relationship with the doctor before ever even getting your recommendation. Mm-hmm. It was just crazy stuff. They were making you jump through hoops compared to what you would have to go through going to a, a clinic that prescribes narcotics. And it's just, it's just ridiculous. But it's much better now. And I can definitely anticipate it getting better. Um, simply because, one, we already have a lawsuit to get that smoking ban left so patients can have access to whole flowers. And two, they're already looking ahead in, in the sense of trying to go more so adult use and not just keeping it for only medicinal use only because um, I honestly don't see why we can have alcohol and um, other uh, substances being taxed and distributed to adults. And for some reason, we're going to have medical cannabis in the state, but won't allow adults to make that choice for themselves. So. So, Rico, continuing to look forward and, um, you know, not rehashing some of the stuff that we've already said, but where do you see the specifically the Florida industry of medicinal marijuana and beyond um, kind of heading? And what are, you know, maybe you guys and other dispensaries that you guys are um, seeing um, doing to kind of spearhead this relatively new movement in our state of Florida? Well, it's interesting. Um, here at the Annex, we've had that conversation numerous times, and we're very um, hopeful, and especially since just looking at what's been happening. Um, they did not anticipate uh, to have, one, this much people backing or trying to sign up for medical cannabis. Uh, I know that simply because they've had to revamp their uh, electrical, I'm sorry, uh, their system, their registry. They've had to revamp their registry three times. They've had to hire on more staff, so... 
they anticipate this industry to be a, a one point five or one point eight billion dollar industry by twenty twenty. Wow. And already we're exceeding those expectations. So naturally I think that anticipation of, of what the industry potentially could be like is gonna be much better. And I don't think people take into account the fact that we are one of those states that have a huge tourist population, mm. similar to what California has. So I don't think there's um, any limit, essentially, where we can end up. We could probably do better than what they seen the first year out of Colorado. Yeah, I didn't even think about the tourists. Yeah, that's, so. yeah that's, that's a huge implication right there. Very huge. And you have a huge senior population, which that's another thing a lot of uh, big pharma tries to play on, depending on where they want to open up uh, clinics and uh, push their pharmaceuticals. Mm-hmm. So saying that, most of our patients, I would say probably 80% of our patients are over the age of 65. Mm-hmm. So by saying that, you can just simply uh, kind of connect those two dots. We have huge ta- tourist population. We have a huge senior population. There's um, a recreational aspect being uh, looked at. So there's potentially no end of where we could be in the next two or three years. Well, I mean, I, 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 I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what kind of progress we can make within the next few years regarding such a controversial plant. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, like, um, like I said, education is definitely one of the lacking uh, parts of this. I've seen that through every phase of this industry, from the legislators all the way to where we actually see patients on the clinic. And um, I noticed that once people are more informed, they're, uh, they're, they're, they're like a tool. There's, there's no limit of how many people you can reach. Essentially, it's like a fire that spreads because it's the truth, and the truth can't be uh, suppressed because it, it is what it is. Yeah, people become more receptive of it and of well, the message. Go. So. There you go. Well, I, I, I actually don't even use for most times, like I'll, I'll say it every once in a while, but I try not to even say the term marijuana mm-hmm. simply because I know the history of where that came from. Uh-huh. I love to express to uh, patients that even though cannabis and marijuana is the same thing, I prefer to use the word cannabis not only because it doesn't have a stigma, but history shows that cannabis um, is the true name and was what we were receiving it as before it became illegal. The government only changed the name to pretty much pull a wool over our eyes. Hmm. Well, it'll be interesting to see how everything works out, though. I've been watching, like I said, this whole thing from the beginning, and it's been moving very fast, very fast. And I don't think Big Pharma and whoever else is behind these lobbyists trying to suppress this whole medical uh, marijuana industry, um, it's not going to be successful. There's no way. Yep. Only time will tell. All right, Mr. Cammy, I, I want to thank you for taking the time out to um, talk to us and, and, and bless us with, with the, the knowledge on our, our podcast. Oh, you're so welcome. All right. I want to thank Mr. Cammy for taking some time to kind of talk to us about medical marijuana and how its eventual legalization could change the way that we see healthcare in this state. Um, as always, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, be sure to email us at provoke, that's P-R-O-V-O-K, at evokead.com. Uh, and also follow us, follow us on all of our social media uh, social media accounts on Facebook um, as well as Twitter um, at Evoke Advertising uh, to keep up with all of our contributions to the advertising advertising world um we don't have a quote this week but that's fine i'm pretty sure there are plenty of quotables that you got from mr cammy so uh with that said y'all take care